The reading is um, John chapter 3, verses 1 to 16. Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. In September, I took out for a meal my three oldest grandchildren. They're all, they've all gone off to university. I took them out one by one, and what amazed me was how pleased they were to have a meal with their 79-year-old grandpa. But people tell me that it's now a mark of that generation, which is called Generation Z, that they love family and they love the coming together of different generations. And that certainly is quite different from 60 years ago when I was heading off to college. But I loved those meals with my grandchildren. They talked about what they have a passion for. And I asked about their journey of Christian faith. And they weren't prickly about that, although one of them isn't a believer yet. They were wide open to hear about my experience. They just wanted to know more. And today's reading, which we've just had, is about a leader who wanted to know more. And that's why he came to see Jesus. He probably thought he had everything in his family, felt okay, had a position as a top Jewish teacher, successful rabbi, a member of the highest council of the land, the Sanhedrin, from a respected family who keep the law. And in many societies like that, family inheritance means everything. Nicodemus is a teacher of faith, but he can't figure out who Jesus is. 
Jesus behaves like a rabbi, but what he teaches and does is so different from the rabbis. And Nicodemus is confused, but he wants to know more. So he comes to Jesus by night so that he won't be seen. And this is what he says. Rabbi, you must be from God. No one can do what you do unless God was with them. And perhaps it's important just to say God is so important that it's really vital that we want to know more and that we build into the heart of our lives wanting to know more about God. So we learn from others in Christian faith. Children learn from their parents and their grandparents. We need to learn everything we possibly can. This is how Jesus replies. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above or born, from, uh, born again or born from heaven. Nicodemus is not expecting that sort of reply. Jesus is not like any other rabbi and Nicodemus doesn't get it. How can you possibly go back into your mum's womb and be born a second time? But Nicodemus, this is not about another physical birth. It's something completely different. It's a spiritual experience, a spiritual birth. That's what you must have, Nicodemus. And I think it's true that many young people today recognize that there must be more than just the physical life that we can see. And there is so much more. Jesus is saying it all begins with a spiritual birth in you. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above, born again, born from heaven. They're all good translations and they're all the same. To experience God and his kingdom rule in you, you must be spiritually born. In the first chapter of the Bible, we read that we are created in God's image. That means that we're to be like him. An image has to be like its source. So God wants us to be little, little images of him. Well, how can that possi possibly be? How can we be like the one who created billions of galaxies? How can we possibly be like to the one who can relate personally to billions of people all, all over the world at the same time? How can we possibly be like the God who is the source of all love? Well, we can only be a little bit like God when his spirit comes into us. His life, his character is born in us. And that's what we're talking about today his life in us, so that we begin to be like him. And this is why St. John has written his gospel. He wants everybody to know that we can have God's life in us. He writes at the end, these things have written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing, have life in him. God's overarching aim for the world is that we human beings should be like him, live his ways and have his life in us.
And that's the only way to the peace of the world, for human beings to have a passion for God and for, his, and for, and for his ways to become like him. The truth is that most of us grow up away from God, hardly aware of him, tending to ignore him. And that's because of all the sin in the world. We grow up not knowing that God is there, not knowing his love. He seems far away and irrelevant to our lives. Maybe that was true for some or many of you. For just a few people, they seem to grow up never knowing a day when they didn't know God. And that's how it ideally is. But many grow up apart from God, and it isn't until we receive the birth from heaven that we know his life in us. And that's what he made us for, to have his life in him and be in his image. So what's it like when you have God's life in you? Well, just as an image has to reflect its source, so we immediately feel when we're born from heaven that we are in relationship to God our Father. You know that you have a true Father in heaven. The image can't exist without the source, so our source is our Father God in heaven, and we immediately feel in relationship to him. From the moment of our conception, we are connected to him. Image to source. And that means that from heaven, he watches over every one of us with huge kindness. By the way, heaven is not up there, even though we put it up there in our song. Uh, heaven is all around us. We can't see heaven, but it's real. It's invisible, it's spiritual, and God is there all the time. So you and I can talk naturally to God at any time, and he hears us. He knows all our thoughts. He's a good father. He desperately loves us. And in this increasingly difficult world, that is our security, that we are loved by a heavenly father in whose image we're made. You and I have never been loved more than God loves us right now. So let's say together, God is my Father in heaven, he loves me. God is my Father in heaven, he loves me. The second thing that's different when we have God's life in us is that he wants us to live his way. That's why he puts his life in you and me to make it happen, but he, he needs our full cooperation. You have to want to live God's way. He won't force us to do his will. Why not? Because he loves us, and love doesn't force its way. God wants us to live his way because his way is utterly good. We don't need to be afraid of going his way. It's kind, it's good. And his way makes us feel that everything's right in our lives. He wants us to stop rebelling against him or just ignoring him. He wants you and me, to let him govern our lives. And we call that the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is when God is allowed to be king and he's allowed to govern our lives. So he wants us to let him govern our lives. 
That's the kingdom of God. And it's the only way to peace and justice in the world. But he doesn't force it on us. So say with me, God is my Father in heaven. He wants me to live his life. God is my Father in heaven. He wants me to live his life. God is my Father in heaven. He wants to govern my life. God is my Father in heaven. He wants me to govern my life. And the third thing about this life of God in us is that it's focused in Jesus. Jesus is the life of God on earth. He came to die, carrying away all our wrongdoing, but now he's alive and he comes to live individually in us by his Spirit. The life of God in us, the birth of God in us, is Jesus. Jesus said, pray, Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Your government on earth, Lord. That's what we're praying for when we pray for the kingdom. Your government in me, your government in my family, your government in my street, in my town, in my nation. That's what it means to pray for the kingdom of God to come. His government. <clears throat> and that government is in us is focused in Jesus. I've known this life of God for 66 years. <clears throat> At the age of 12, and I was talking to some of the girls who are 12 here this morning, at the age of 12, I asked Jesus to come into my life. He always comes if you sincerely ask him to come. And straight away, 66 years ago, I knew that it was for real, that he truly is my God, my good father. I knew it was true spiritually and invisibly. I am part of his kingdom. I'm part of his government. And it's wonderful. So what makes it happen? Well, it's a spiritual birth, so it's done by God's Spirit. Jesus says, what is born of the flesh is flesh. Yes, we understand that, normal childbirth. But he says, what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Something then is born in you and me that is completely new and different. It's not physical, it's invisible and spiritual. It's God's spirit, his life, in us. And it changes us. It's exciting. Now Nicodemus was confident in who he was. He was a distinguished teacher of the Jewish faith from a good family. But, Jesus, but Nicodemus is confused and unsettled because this man from God, Jesus, is saying that he's, what he, Nicodemus, is, is not good enough for God. That's right, Nicodemus. Jesus is saying you need something radically different. Put your earthly confessions on one side, Nicodemus. No, you're not okay. You need the life of God in you. Marcus Rashford said after the Euros, I will never apologize for who I am. Quite right. Marcus Rashford and Saka and Sterling, stars in that European Cup, are all three Christians who know that it is vital to be born again. Now, over the years as a 
minister, priest, and then a bishop, I've had people say to me, I'm a good person. I help everyone I can. I wouldn't hurt anyone. I've heard those kind of words so often. But people are saying, I don't need anything more. I don't need God. But they don't know his life in them. You need to be born again. Let me help you understand it, Nicodemus. Jesus continues, You hear the sound of the wind, but you can't see where it comes from or where it's going. Can you see the wind? No. But you can hear the sound, and you can see what happens when the wind blows. The trees blow. Things change. And birth from heaven is like that, says Jesus. You can't see it, but it's real. Just like the wind is invisible, so the spiritual birth of God is in us, and it's like that. It happened to me on the 18th of May, 1955, at Wembley Stadium. I was changed. The, great, the speaker was the great evangelist, Billy Graham. I asked Jesus into my heart, and I knew that God was my true Father in heaven. In our church in uh, Romilly on the edge of Stockport, uh, we have a man who says the day it happened to him, he instantly stopped swearing. When you have birth from heaven and life of God in you, things change immediately. You become a new person. Jesus makes it happen. When he comes, the Spirit of God comes. In the first letter of John, John says, when you have Jesus in you, you have life. When you have Jesus in you, you have life. Paul writes, when anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. That's why the day I asked Jesus into my life, I was a new creation. It doesn't have to be sudden. It was for me. Molly doesn't know when it happened to her, but it has to happen. You see, you can't be half-born. You're either born from heaven or you're not yet born from heaven. Either you know that God is your true Father or you don't yet know that. But it's for everyone. There are no exceptions. And it makes you what God created you to be. I asked someone before the service today if they'd asked Jesus into their heart and they said, I'm trying to. You either have or you haven't. If you've asked Jesus to come, he's come. And you don't say, I'm trying to. You say, yes, he's come. The great English preacher, George Whitfield, went everywhere preaching in the open air. He preached to many hard-nosed miners. They were often moved to tears because they knew their lives weren't right. And someone one day asked Whitfield, why do you keep preaching about being born again? And he replied, because you must be. You're expecting a new vicar. One of the tasks of every vicar is to look to see that everyone in their church is born again, that they know Jesus. 
So, my friends, this is the real deal. To be a Christian is not just to be a good person or a churchgoer, it's to be a new person because Jesus has been born in you. You're changed inside, you're born from God, his life is in you, he's beginning to govern your life and you're learning to love his ways. And this birth of Jesus in us, so that the image of God becomes real, is the only way to a world of peace and justice. The kingdom of God on earth starts with the kingdom of God in each one of us. Now, when I used this sermon for a confirmation a couple of months ago, I gave people the opportunity to ask Jesus into their hearts and uh, I asked them actually to stand if they'd done so and one girl stood so somebody was born of God that night. Well, I'm not going to ask you to stand but I am going to ask you if you're not sure that Jesus is born in you, let's do it now. So just be quite quiet. Unless you're born again, born from heaven, you can't see the government of God in you. Lord Jesus, I want you in my heart and life. I want the spiritual life of God in me. I want to be changed. I want to be the person you made me to be. I want to reflect your image. Jesus, take hold of me. Be in me. You died for my sins. Thank you. Just echo those words in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.